Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Well, welcome to Real Cuff Radio, where today we will be interviewing Rachel Ann Ridge regarding uh, her book that she had written called Walking with Henry. Welcome, Rachel. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I wanted to just say that uh, the other lady on the line, Sandra and I, both read your book and completely enjoyed it. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad to hear that. I I um, might uh, guess that maybe you have a soft spot in your heart for God's creatures and for uh, our walk of faith and just combining those together in one story. <laughs> yeah, I was curious, um, first of all, especially about how you've written your book and um, walking through the days and, of course, with Henry and Flash and and uh, the other precious one, Penny. But you have the discipline to go ahead and put it in paperback or or uh, the author of it, and that took quite an undertaking. But how was it on your heart in the first place to write this story? Well, um, you know, that's a great question because I, I never would have imagined that I would um, be writing books that have donkeys as <laughs> as main characters but um i had i had started blogging um back in the good old days of 2006 when um that was kind of the only online uh way to reach out and connect with people there was no instagram uh twitter uh you know all the different things facebook was for uh college students and um, so I had started blogging just as a means of uh, sharing my own faith as a mom and as a homemaker and uh, entrepreneur. And um, and I had the uh, it started with one donkey that showed up on my uh, on my doorstep. And when I and this donkey named Flash just became kind of a character on my blog. And when I shared stories every now and then uh, about some of the antics that he'd gotten into, I just received such a um, wonderful response from people and saw the way that those stories just hit close to home and caused people to open their hearts and in um, much of the same ways that, that I had in, you know, in real life and dealing with this donkey. And so when I really sat down to start putting my stories onto paper, I saw that there was just a, a wonderful thread that, that ran through all of the stories that connected not only the um, adventures and the antics of, of this donkey and then later two stray donkeys, um, but how they interconnected with my own spiritual life and my own growth um, personally and how God could um, just show uh, forth his wisdom and reveal his character in these unlikely characters. I think uh, it showed me a lot of how we all need to slow down <laughs> right. and observe right. and the observation and uh, the thought process and just how you were taking walks allowing that to even take part kind of show somebody like me okay slow down <laughs> right, right, but, uh, right. I really really enjoyed the part 
when you were talking about Jesus, and because of you working with these donkeys, you could see more depth in how he even was being led by a donkey into Jerusalem. Right. And truthfully, until I read your book, I never saw that in the Bible that way. <laughs> right. But now, well, right. Yeah. I was like, I could uh, vicariously live through you in the avenue of, like, um, Henry, how we backed up backwards all the time. That was precious. <laughs> oh, that was, that was just so precious. And then uh, I'm sitting there going, okay, now this young donkey that's never been ridden before, um, and here carrying Jesus to uh, to Jerusalem, and they're all singing, and you're talking about the the uh, the loudness of the crowd and who knows what they were doing, and and um, this donkey who'd never been ridden before, and did Jesus take an account of how long it possibly could take for the donkey even to get there? Wow, I never (laughs) even thought of that. That's a great point. Well, you know, having, having donkeys in my life really, in a way, opened my eyes and allowed me to step into the pages of the Bible, into so many stories that, um, they they really became like a touch point to me that I could really see and feel and um, experience these uh, stories and these histories in uh, in a new way and especially with the story of Jesus. But the, you know there are many many stories throughout the Old Testament um, uh, where donkeys play kind of pivotal roles and yet they're, they're often overlooked, um, as not, they're not the main characters of the stories, but, um, but yet people who lived in those days in, in the biblical times and really even in our own, you know, in our own modern day, not that long ago, um, donkeys were a part of everyday life. And so when you were to travel from point A to point B, you'd have to leave enough time for uh, for what you, you know, maybe the unexpected balking or stopping or refusing to go. Um, donkeys sometimes have their own opinions about uh, what they think should happen. And so as I imagine Jesus on that wonderful or on that most important ride of his life where he's going really to his coronation as our crucified savior, he chose an inexperienced donkey. And I mean, what a recipe for disaster (laughs) it could have been. That young donkey would have had to have followed his mother who had experience, who would know how to go through a crowd and be able to make make her way leading the little inexperienced donkey through throngs of people and waving branches and shouting and unfamiliar territory and and yet this is what Jesus entrusted his ride to and to me it's just such a picture of of how Jesus even today has entrusted the gospel and like we're all a bunch of donkeys <laughs> really you know if you think about it we're I I just related so much to um these donkeys characters and here I I think you know we're all carrying the gospel out into the world we have moments where we could break down or we could stop or refuse to go or not trust who is leading Uh, we could embarrass our savior Um, and yet this is how God has chosen to um, to bring his story into the world and I just I loved that picture so much 
I could relate when you're saying here, we're all a bunch of donkeys. But <laughs> one of the parts you said in your book was uh, that you learned to stop trying to control them and to let donkeys just be donkeys. <laughs> and maybe there was a lesson in that that's quoted from your book. But uh, so true. All of us. I mean, I think sometimes we really want, we, we want to try to control so many different situations, but uh, that is a good observation. Just let people be people and donkeys be donkeys. Right. And, you know, when once you do accept situations sometimes for what they are, uh, accept people for what they are, um, uh, circumstances in our lives, you know, there's so much less stress <laughs> when we realize we don't have to control it. And then we start, then we can step back and make those observations and, and glean the wisdom that, that God has for us instead of trying to so quickly move past whatever situation we're trying to control or trying to make people conform to what we want them to do. Um, when we do slow down and just say, all right, we're going to let this unfold in the way that, you know, in God's timing, in the way that he wants, well, then it's amazing how I, our eyes can be opened to so much truth, to so much of his presence that we would ordinarily miss in our hurry to keep moving forward. You mentioned that one time you forced yourself to just turn off the news and the tab television commentary and to go back to the narratives of the gospel. And because of that, the intake of just what you were observing versus a bunch of negativity. Rachel, I, I found that when you finding your paths to God, you mentioned on the prayer how that the Book of Common Prayer had really helped you, the prayers of saints in the past. And, mm -hmm. you, know, I, you know, I had never read that, and I'm in my 70s, and I ordered the book, and I read <laughs> through and found comfort in some of those as I thought about your book. Do you want to comment on that? Well, yeah, you know, I, um, like you, I um, have grown up in the church, and um, prayer has always been a part of my life and, and worship. And um, as I as I tell through these different circumstances in the book, I just got to a place where I did just did not have the words to pray anymore, and I just couldn't. I don't know. I, I was stuck, and so somebody had had recommended to me that um, maybe the Book of Common Prayer would um, be something that could be helpful. Now, the Book of Common Prayer is. Um, it's a book of prayers and liturgies and orders of service that has been used for, I mean, oh, at, you know, yes, centuries. Um, some of the prayers in, in there go back to the earliest uh, saints and uh, people of the church, and many of them are, are newer, but, um, but they've been just beautifully crafted for really any season of life and um, for services and what and I found that there was so much comfort like you said in uh, reading these um, faith-filled theology-rich wonderful prayers that helped me to connect with God and in ways that I you know my own prayers were consisting of oh God please help me and oh God please do this they were a lot of requesting and a lot of demanding and a lot of anxiety involved. And I was going around in circles, repeating these same prayers over and over and over again. And, and so what, 
what the Book of Common Prayer did for me, and it's it's familiar to many, many, probably many of your listeners that are in more um, maybe denominational churches used by the Anglicans, Episcopals, some Methodists, um, some of the more traditional um, uh, lines uh, or faith streams of the church still do um, follow those um, orders of um, prayer and service. But to me, it was very unfamiliar. And so perhaps just the the newness of finding um, a new way of of uh, meeting with God in the pages of, of these ancient prayers um, became such a lifeline to me spiritually. I never would have expected it, and um, it, it, and yet it was just was such a blessing. And as I as I w- took my walks out in the pasture with these donkeys that sometimes you know didn't want to come along with me. <laughs> um, I just started committing some of these uh, of these favorite prayers to to memory, you know, starting with the Lord's Prayer, which you know probably most of us know. Um, but to to just pause on each line and and let those sink into our hearts and um, and and for me, it it was so life giving and life changing that it really became um, a, a a way of me to turning a corner spiritually to to more growth, deeper growth. And a closer relationship with the Lord. Yes, and the 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 more we grow in the Lord, we see that He has lots of children that that are part of His family, but they're not part of our family. But yet, we need to love each other and get to know each other because we're all family. It's so true. You know, I think we we are you know all so busy, and then we are, we get involved in our local congregations and our groups, and we have our way of doing things and our way of seeing the world. And, and we forget that, you know, maybe uh, the, our brothers and sisters that, that are in the church down the street, they may, they may have a little bit different order of service or they may, you know, have different things that are familiar to them. But yet, you know, when it really comes right down to it, we share the same faith. We, we share the same relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and when we start making, um, uh, you know, mountains out of the molehills of, uh, you know, areas that are that are different. Well, we don't like the way they, they sing their hymns or <laughs> they, we don't like the way they do their worship services. What You know, whatever the case may be. And we and we really um, to our own detriment and um, it's it's to our own hurt that we aren't um, opening our arms and, and embracing people that um, and ways of approaching our faith that that could really enrich us and um, and bring uh, new perspectives to us. At least that was my my experience. I love the way you said that, but it also grieves the heart of the Father, not gr- agreeing, disagreeing when when we really believe the same thing. We just don't aren't used to how the way someone else does it. Right, right. Well, and. So for me, you know, even um, how I looked upon people who might um, use a written prayer as part of their prayer time, um, to be really honest with you, um, the way that I grew up, I really looked down on that. I thought maybe that that was a lesser, uh, you, you know, maybe not truly from the heart. And and I have been humbled so many times um, when I came to the end of my own ability to pray and put together my thoughts before the Lord. And, and when I found um, 
a, a written prayer like uh, well, one of my favorites is called Oh Gracious Light, and it's from the very earliest Christians back in the uh, like the second century. They think it's one of the oldest prayers that we have, and it's been translated into um, almost every language on earth. And, and yet to me, it was brand spanking new. I had never even read it before. And when I read those words, you know, tears just streamed down my face, and I just had to ask God for forgiveness that I had been so full of my own pride that I would look down on my brothers and sisters in Christ that um, <laughs> that prayed in ways that were different than me. And, and um, boy, it's very, very humbling. But then when you do that, I, I just found that my heart was so open to the, to the Holy Spirit and open to the Lord um, and His grace just arrived in ways that were so unexpected and so beautiful. Yes, thank you, Norma, for sharing that. Well, my thought was listening, how you were being so transparent that you were concerned about really telling someone where you were at at that moment, mm. even your close friend, because you didn't know how they were going to receive you. Right. And right. uh, and I, I could see the safety in telling, even when you were out there in prayer, you probably told the donkeys where <laughs> you were at because they were right. safe. Right? right. And it right. just made me think, you know, don't be so quick to pray for somebody. Maybe they just want to tell you where they're at and they're not really receptive to wanting to be prayed for at that moment. So. I yeah, that. I do think that's that's true. You know, I think we're so quick to um, want to, you know, we want to help people. We want to be helpful. And so when someone has shares something that's deeply personal or, or they're not in a good place, we immediately want to rush in and try to fix it with, a you know, put a Band-Aid, offer a verse. Exactly. Pray, pray with someone. But when you're the one that's on the receiving end, as I was through much of through much of the story that's in that book, where I was really, you know, had had deep questions about my own faith and about my walk. I had regrets over decisions that I had made, and and it was too it was just too tender um, to share, even with my closest friend. And um, and I knew that, you know, my friend would probably not judge me, but yet fear um, really mm-hmm. kept me from being transparent until I was in a, in a place where I could, you know, where I could really share. So, I, you know, it, I, I did understand it from that perspective. I, and I think I have that in the book that, you know, just Jesus, is, Jesus is our companion in the way. And sometimes um, he does, it's, it's okay to be in a place where you don't have all the answers. You don't have the Bible verse. You don't have the word from the Lord to help you through, but you know that his presence is with you even in those dark moments and you can keep, you can trust him as you keep, you know, kind of feeling your way forward that he is not abandoning you and, um, and that he will always be with you. So it is a, a really wonderful thing to remember. Definitely. Well, again, uh, the listeners that are listening, we both really enjoyed this book. Uh, well written. And also, <laughs> where do you see yourself? What are you doing now? Well, your- right now, well, um, I am working on um, an illustration project uh, for uh, for a book that someone else is writing, but I'm uh, hopefully going to be doing the illustrations for that. Um, Flash, uh, the 
the first book that I wrote about Flash the Donkey um, has been um, optioned as a movie, and um, and there is a movie that's in the works, and whether or not that will, you know, actually come to fruition, we'll see. Maybe we can all pray that it does <laughs> happen. Well, you know that interesting that you just said that because just about 25 minutes ago I was mentioning to somebody else about this interview and they were watching me finish up reading some parts and they go oh I want to read that book that would make a great movie so see (laughs) somebody else (laughs) thought the exact thing yeah we agree Lord and they were just saying we need more good quality family movies this would be a great one Oh, I, I agree. Well, I, I just, I pray that it does. What, what I have really found that's really interesting about um, these uh, books that are about an, animals that are just very endearing and cute and fun. Um, but, you know, just like most people have experienced with their own dog or their cat at home, um, you know, you're, there's an openness that happens in your heart. You, there's no pretense with your pet. There's no, there's no pretending you just are who you are and they love you no matter what. And, and when you're in that place, I think that God can really speak to your heart in ways that he can't, maybe can't, or maybe we can't receive through people. And um, that's what I love about these donkey stories and about my journeys. Um, and as people have responded to them, I, I just I can see that it's really, really powerful and unique that God can use any means he chooses <laughs> to, to speak to us and, and often in ways that, um, that, that we're not expecting. So if it does, you know, if, if there is a movie that comes from these books, um, I, I know that there will be an audience for them and, um, and perhaps people that have, have been far from the Lord or, or maybe who um, don't know him um, might be drawn in by a cute donkey face with, (laughs) you know, those brown, soft brown eyes and those big ears. And they might, you know, listen in a way that, you know, someone from a pulpit preaching the same message, they would uh, close their heart to. So I just am trusting the Lord with this story. That is true that there's different, there's different formats to talk about the same principles in life that we want to get across that we don't always have to, you know, the movies is a platform Mm -hmm. to get that across. So that Mm -hmm. would be wonderful. (laughs) Well, I thank you for so much taking your time to come on board and tell us more about your book. Is there anything else you'd like to ask, Sandra? No, I've just been enjoying the whole thing. So we're blessed (laughs) today talking with her and and looking forward to seeing what the Lord has for her. And if we've never read her first book, which I have not. We need to go back and order it because I know it'll be equally wonderful. Wow. Well, I hope I hope you do. I mean, it. I I just appreciate you having me on, and um, and I just would love for your listeners just to, you know, the takeaway from the story is that is that um, God can meet us exactly where we're at, and um, and that we, um, no matter where we are, we never walk alone. Um, that He is always right there with us, um, leading us and guiding us, and and we can trust Him with our with our journey. So true. Well, again, that was Rachel and. Ridge, uh, Walking with Henry, 
And I did not tell you all a lot about the book, so please be sure to get it and read it. It's a wonderful story, wonderful read. And again, that's a wrap.